You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So, you know, I was, I was going to go back into the series we had. Uh, Justin Stewart, one of our missionaries, was in last week, talked to us. Uh, how many of you were here last week? Quite a few, at least half or better. Um, so one of the things that Justin talked about as he was discussing a number of things with us was uh, he brought some statistics, uh, first of all, to us ab- about uh, the number of, or the, the perception anyway, the, the number of believers who spend any time reading their Bibles. And he brought, uh, I think it was something around 30% or something. There were some st- statistics out there. I don't know where the stati- statistics came from. Uh, I, I do know that 73% of all statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> but uh, no, but, but he believed from his experience in the Bible college there in Saskatoon and from the, the discipleship training schools they do. But uh, part of what I know he was talking about there, he, he lives in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, say that fast three times. And uh, they have the churches of, of involved with there and things. They have a Bible college. It's a seminary style Bible college. And then they have, it's also a YWAM base and they do uh, DTSs and things up there. And we've gone up there and ministered before. And so that's where when he was talking about um, people who were, some of the people he was dealing with were people who were headed for the ministry. I mean, they were, uh, they were serious enough about their walk and felt called uh, to go to a Bible college. And he has found, and he, he has texted me about this in the past, that as he questions them, he's finding less and less students that come into that kind of situation that have any uh, ongoing relationship with the Word of God in their life. And he you know, mentioned to us last week, he thinks it's way less than 30%. That's a scary figure for a bunch of reasons. And I choose to believe that's not where we are as a church, but I can tell you sitting here listening to that, I'm thinking, man, we, we need to come back and recognize the value, the life, the, the importance of the word of God. And so I just want to talk about that this morning. I have about a million scriptures in my head. I wasn't going to put any up on the screen today because honestly, I feel like I've, I've been concerned about this for a long time. And I feel like over the last number of decades, we've probably done a disservice in always having the scriptures up on the screen. Because, and, and I do, I finally, finally yesterday, I went ahead and did it. And the reason that I do this is because a lot of you are studiers. You do have a good relationship with the word. Uh, you do study, you do take notes when you come to church. I see that you bring your Bibles. I encourage everybody to bring your Bible, whether it's on your phone or your iPad or or a paper, a a real Bible, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but bring it with you. And and I've said that for decades. And the reason is because when you get the bad doctor's report, I'm not going to be standing there or the person sitting next to you or somebody else is not going to be there to lead you to the scriptures that you need to stand on about your healing 
You need to have those in your heart. And you need to have those. You need to know where they are in your Bible. When you have a friend that's in a crisis, you're you're not always going to be able to call somebody at three o'clock in the morning and have them answer their phone. Did you know that your phone has a little silent switch on it? It's a good thing. Uh, it, you know, you need to know where the verses are. And and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but the thing is that as we have just this ongoing relationship with the word, God prepares us ahead of time for the things we will run into and others, that people that we need to minister. He will prepare ahead. Or sometimes he does uh, just give us the words to say in the moment. We know that he does this two ways. He builds things in and prepares us ahead. And at times he just gives us in the moment what we need to say. But all of that still comes from his word and from the relationship that we develop with him through our time in the word and learning through our time in the word and with the Holy Spirit to recognize the voice of the Spirit, to recognize when he's highlighting a verse or a passage to you, to recognize that this is something important. This is standing out to me. This is something, the Spirit of God is on this. And I don't know all the reasons, but it. But when that happens, that's a place I can feed. That's a place I can be strengthened. It's, it's for me and almost always it's for somebody else or some other situation that's going to come up in the future. This is a part of the Christian life. So when I hear these statistics, and this is not, Justin was just, you know, he was just repeating things I've been hearing uh, recently. We were at a pastor's conference a few weeks ago, and a pastor that we've been aware of, he was actually one of our Bible school teachers back in the 1620s or something. Uh, He had a a really great uh, church that uh, was planted, or, or actually, I think he took over in that case. But anyway, it was in the. He, he started building that church in the early 1980s. There were a lot of churches that were planted during that time, and that was one of them. Really great church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and and you know Tulsa and Oklahoma City and Dallas and those places. They, you know, it's we call it the Bible Belt. But but over you know as these successive movements of the Lord have gone on over the years, those were places that were real central to a lot of that and and a lot of uh, what we've seen uh, come about in Christianity had its roots there. Well, he had that church for many years and then he turned it over to his son. And after a period of time, his son decided, you know, I'm really not supposed to be a senior pastor. I'm better as a second. And so he went to work for somebody else. And this church basically uh, disappeared. And um, so now this pastor and his wife still live in Tulsa. They are, and he just related this during this conference, they're trying to find a church to go to. And they have not so far in that place, this just was stunning to me, been able to find a church they could go to that taught the word of God, not just little, you know, little, here's a scripture and five neat stories, but taught the word of God and allowed for the moving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in their midst. They have not been able to find that. And and they're still looking, you know, he's not giving up. But that is not a good sign. That is not a good sign for the body of Christ. And so I've, I've heard this in a number of places, and I just want to come back to you and and just look at a number of scriptures. We're mostly just going to read our Bibles this morning. 
as an encouragement to remind you, to stir you up, to have a daily time in the word of God. This isn't, I'm not talking about a work. I'm not talking about um, something you do in order to fulfill a religious obligation. I'm talking about feeding on God himself through the word, through that time. And when we, when I first got saved, uh, there was a huge transformation and, and again, a, a movement going on throughout the body of Christ that was a refocusing on the word of God. Uh, at that time, and I don't say any of this critically, it's just history, it's just the way it was. At that time, we, at least in this country, had kind of slipped into a place where most people didn't bring their Bibles to church. What they expected was a little 15-minute, you know, we call a sermonette, little talk out of the Bible. Um, people, I remember when we were living in Durango in the mid-80s, there's a, there's a street there, um, Third Street or Avenue or something. Anyway, it has uh, a lot of churches on it, a lot of older uh, churches. And I can remember us driving to the church that we went to up the north end of town and going down that street and seeing all the people going to church and none of them had their Bibles. And that was so weird to us because the church we were involved in, man, we were studying the word. And, we, and, and it wasn't just going through the scripture. It was an anointed Holy Spirit-inspired word. I remember the first time I went to the Believer Center of Albuquerque, and I've told you the story many times. Karen dragged me in there. I had no interest in going to church. And actually, the pastor uh, wasn't there. It was, it was somebody else speaking that week. But from that day forward, and I know part of this was just God emphasizing to me, you need to be here. But Sunday and and Sunday morning and Tuesday night, I would go in there after having years of just me and my Bible. I'm not going near a church. It's me and my Bible. It's how I got saved. That's all I trust. It's what I'm going to do. And I and having the Lord, you know, impart things to me in my own personal time. But I started going there and every week as I was still trying to get out of going to church. The message that would come up, was something God had just been speaking to my heart. It was a confirmation. It brought more. It expanded what the Lord had been speaking to my heart. But I mean, week after week after week, it was obvious that the word that was preached was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I know it wasn't just all about me, but this was a transformational time in my life. And and so I was used to that. I was used to Oh yeah, I mean we we have our Bibles with us. We have a notebook. We highlight. We we write notes. We, you know, we listen to the tapes again and again because, you know, we couldn't get it all, and and that's just how it was. So this was going on, and and so then you know I think that was a response by the Holy Spirit to the church at large that had come through this time of pretty much laying aside the Bible. It was just sort of a function that you did in church. And the, and the Lord was turning that around and did turn that around. Unfortunately, I feel like we've kind of slipped back there and we've, we've watched this for a long time. We've watched this happening. And um, so that's where, that's where the concern is. And again, I, I believe and I hope that for most of you, that's, that's not uh, where you live. If it is, I'm not here beating on you. I want to inspire you 
to develop, I don't know any better term than a relationship with the word of God. And that's going to take some commitment from you. Because, you know, we were talking about this the other day and Karen brought up that, you know, one of the things about the word is it does come in as seed. It's not instant. Boyd just talked about this. It's not instant. It, it, is, it is a relationship with the Lord. And one of the big avenues that he's given us for that relationship is through the word. It comes in as seed. It takes time to grow and to produce and put down roots and change who we are. It, it takes time to bring that transformation. It is not an instantaneous thing. And we are an instantaneous people more and more and more to our detriment. If it's not instantaneous, we're not really interested. Well, the word isn't like that and God's not going to change. And, and no good relationship is like that. No solid relationship is this, you know, a microwave thing where, it, you know, you just have this interaction with somebody and then you go on for the rest of your life and no more interaction, no more communication, no more building from one, or, one another. That's not a relationship. That kind of relationship will absolutely fail. It's not the way God is. And so this needs to be something that is a commitment to us. I really need to get to these verses. I, we were, I was talking actually with Annie the other day about this because we do live in a different time, and I understand this, and I want everybody to know I understand this. We live in a different time than when we started out in the 1970s and 80s. You know, most of you families, talking to families, most of you, both people are working. Your kids are at school. The school has 900,000 activities planned for you and for your life. And and so it used to be that even if we were involved in sports or something, you'd you know you'd get off at three thirty or four, you'd spend an hour, an hour and a half there, you'd go home, and and the family was there. It, it was different. We we um, so our so our, there are more demands on our time. It's absolutely true. Uh, we we Justin talked last week about what you know what happened to the daily the daily devotional time was just a given for Christians when I was coming it was just it was just what you did and sure you'd miss a day here or there because of something you know but overall you spent time with God every day around His Word and in prayer and it was just what you did and uh, it's not so much that way anymore what happened to that what happened to uh, our our midweek meetings. And, and you say, well, you're not having them. That's right, because we went to small groups for a while. We did this, we did that. But part of the deal is, and again, I'm not picking on anybody, we don't have much response because you guys have so much stuff going on. And I feel for you, I really do. And so what we were discussing was not was how do we respond to that as a church? What will work? Because when I was coming up, and I'm, you know, I'm old, okay? So when I was coming up, families came to church midweek. I mean, the whole family came. Kids, if it was a little church like this, kids slept on the floor or, call, you know, whatever. At BCA, we had, you know, we had children's church and all this stuff going on. What, and we were just discussing this very openly. Annie's a mom. She's got all these pressures. And it's like, how do we respond to this? Because... The family is not better than it was 30 years ago. So we have to look at that. It's like, how do we adjust to this? How do we adjust our priorities so that, and, I, and it's not just about church. It's about living a life that is going way too fast to where we would have time, 
not have time. You can't think of it that way. It's got to be, I make time for the things that are most important to me and God, you are number one. It has to be that way if we're going to overcome this, okay? And, and without that, we will just keep getting led by culture, you know, into less and less time with God because culture doesn't care about God. All the stores used to be closed on Sunday because people went to church. They didn't have all your kids in sports on Sunday and, and stuff. They just didn't do it because there was an honor for gathering before the Lord, okay? That's gone for right now. So what do we do? And I'm asking you, you don't need to come up and tell me after church. <laughs> but, but, I, but this is something I'm pondering and praying over. How do we help families with, with where we are today? How do we help them have that really strong, I have a hard time separating, and I understand they're different things, my time in the word and my, my participation in church. I know I'm talking to people who are in church this morning. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud to you here. I, I can't really separate the two because that was one of the things that got so much better and stronger as I started to participate in church was what I was getting out of the word. They just, I mean, God does, he does do different things when we all gather together than just in our own time. And he does different things in our own time than when we gather together. Why does he do that? I don't know. He loves the gathering. He apparently loves the gathering. So anyway, I just throw all that at you. And we're just going to read some scriptures this morning. In the time we have left, I doubt any of these will be new to anybody, but let's just soak in them a little bit today. I have way more here. I've just for the last five or six days just had verse after verse after verse. There are hundreds of verses about the importance of the word of God. So so let's start here. John chapter one. And I, oh, I was going to say a few minutes ago, one of the reasons I do do this is because I'm a teacher and I use the Amplified Bible a lot because it brings a lot of nuance from the Greek out and puts it in one place for us. Not everything, but it brings out a lot. So I like it for teaching purposes. Whatever translation you like or read, please bring it with you to church and bring something to take notes on. And and it doesn't, but, but if I'm not reading from the same translation you are, I use a bunch of them. Whatever's bringing out, you know, what we're trying to get at. And I encourage you to do the same thing. But yeah, you're going to come to church and you're going to bring your new King James. And I'm going to use that twice and use the Amplified twice and use, you know, the NIV twice. Oh, well, just write down the verse and then go, you know, study it out on your own later in the, in the translation that you're most comfortable with. That's all good. These are all good translations. All right. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning before all time was the word. Christ. And the word was with God and the word was God himself. That's kind of a, you know, people, I hear a lot of this. I see, I see a lot of people writing this today. Well, I don't, I don't follow the Bible. I'm a follower of Jesus. And it's like, I don't believe that just to be honest about it. I don't know. The, the, the Bible is the word in written form. Jesus is the person. The Holy Spirit has been sent to give us revelation of the person through the written form and through the conversation that we have with him in every way to reveal who Jesus is. But Jesus, 
throughout eternity past before he took on flesh, the Bible tells us he was the word of God, which we see over in Hebrews chapter one. What that means is he, was, he, is, the exact, he is the expression of the father. He is what uh, the, the father is the author. He is the creator and out from him comes this expression that we find in, in words. But when, when God created everything, he spoke. The word came forth from him, and that word was a person. So when you do, and maybe some of you here are not really used to the Bible, and you still kind of get stuck on, you know, it's not like every time I pick up my Bible, I have some, you know, angels fly and, you know, a big open vision. But I usually, usually, almost all the time, make an intimate connection with the Lord. That's what I'm looking for in my Bible. It's not about, Justin talked last week about, you know, the number of kids he has that have never read through the Bible. Well, reading through the Bible is a great thing. But I see all the time on social media, people who do not believe in God and totally reject Christianity saying, well, I've read the Bible cover to cover. All that means, it's like if you had a plate of food, because Jesus said that his words like food, and, and you ate from one side to the other, well, good for you. You know, did you enjoy any of it? Did you get any nutrition out of any of it? You ate from one side of the plate to the other. That's awesome. I think you should do that pretty often. But that's not really the point of eating. The point of eating is to make a connection with the nutrients that are in the food. The point of getting in the word of God is to make a connection with the author, because he is the word. And so when we pick up the word, we are, that's when I sit down with the word, that's my heart. I take the time to stop for a couple minutes, be quiet, pray and ask the Holy Spirit, reveal this to me. Lord, I want to know you better. And then I'll get in to the word. It's not about how much you read. It's not about getting through a certain number of books or chapters. Or It's not about that. It's about, are you making an intimate connection? Because the word was and is God himself. It says he was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. So all of creation came through the word. And we'll see this again in just a minute, but all of creation responds to the word, responds to the word. The word needs to be something that we ingest and get to know God. The word needs to be something that we declare and pray. The word needs to be the foundation, not only of our belief system, but our prayers and the things that, you know, we should never, praying prayers that are contrary to God's word is uh, kind of a waste of time, Okay. It goes on, it says, in him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. The word of God is full of life. And that's, I think, even before I ever started all the church stuff, years before when I first gave my heart to Jesus, that's what got me. Was that all of a sudden this book that I'd picked up and tried to read a few times, uh, it came alive. Because now I had a relationship with Jesus. I had a relationship with the essence of what was there. And all of a sudden it came alive. It started to feed life into me. 
it started to change me. It started to change my ideas, my thought process, the way I looked at life. It strengthened me. It fed my spirit that was now alive. And, and so in him, in Christ, and in contained and released through his word is life. And it says that life was the light of men. It is, I don't believe it's possible to have a clear revelation and understanding of life, of God, of yourself, of, of situations and circumstances that we run into, of any, I don't believe it's possible to have that without the word and the Holy Spirit working with the word. Yeah, I'm emphasizing the word this morning, but man, the Holy Spirit and the word work right together, right together. So that life was the light of men. It, it brought revelation. It brought the life into us. The light shines on in darkness and darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. It's still the same. The word of God will stand forever when all of this and whatever the devil wants to do passes away. All right, I mentioned this one to you just a few minutes ago, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. He, Jesus, is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. When we get, when we dig into the word and we have that fellowship time with the word, we are learning, we are gaining, we are not just learning, we are feeding upon the nature of God. But without the word, there again, I have, I have friends that used to really walk with God. And now that's their testimony that, wow, in fact, I've been attacked online for being a biblicist. Boy, that hurt. I was like, sweet. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I'll come back with the scripture in answer to, not mean, I think beating people up with the scripture is a really bad idea. But in answer to a legitimate question, here's what God's wisdom says about it. And, and, and these folks are saying, well, I'm a Jesus follower. I don't, you know, I don't follow the Bible. I don't know how you do that since he is the Bible, okay? You understand what I'm saying by that? I'm getting so much trouble for some of these things if they're cut out as sound bites. Jesus is the Bible. Anyway, <laughs> upholding, okay, the very imprint of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Everything in creation is upheld and propelled by God's word. And we get to ingest that same word, to know that word, to have it working in our life, to know that person. But what I want you to see in that is creation came through the word and responds to the word. Again, the word should be the foundation and a lot of the material, for lack of a better term, substance maybe, of what we pray and what we declare. Because the word the creation responds to the creator. I've only got a few minutes left. Let's just keep going. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus said, it has been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Okay, we've seen this. You know, we know these verses, but think about what he's saying. Our life the way he intends for our, our life to be and, and what genuine life is 
is something that is sustained and fed by the word of God. You, your spirit, and we say this all the time, your spirit has been, if you've given your life to Jesus, your spirit has been recreated. You are a brand new creature in him. Your spirit is alive unto him. The Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of you. Nevertheless, your spirit man needs food, needs to be strengthened. And that strengthening comes through the word of God. Your soul, your mind, your emotions, and your will are in a process of transformation. And that also comes through the word of God. The Lord changing who we are on the inside, bringing your soul into line with the life that's already on the inside of you. That all happens through the word of God. But Jesus said, it's like bread. It's like, and if you don't like bread, if you're gluten-free, just translate, okay? It is sustenance. It is nature. I can see Annie over there. Deal with it. This is what he said, okay? But whatever, you know, uh, the, the word is, is that nourishment. It's that, and, and so if you don't eat, if it's not your habit to eat the word, if it's not your habit to spend time with them, just like if you just decide, and I get fasting, but if you just decide, well, I'm not going to eat anymore. I'm going to eat once a month. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go, and actually, I won't really, I, I'm not going to do this on my own. I'll go to church once every three to four weeks, and I'll have a snack, and, and that'll be great. And you will get just as weak as if the only time you came here, the only time you ate was to come here and eat the snacks that we put out there, even if you eat the veggies, okay? If that's the only time you eat, you're going to get weak. You are going to be susceptible to every disease that comes along. And that's our concern over the body of Christ, not dealing with the word. They're believing a lot of lies. They're, people are believing things that, that are just, what did I just read the other day? And again, this was on the internet. Who knows if this was true? Somebody put out some statistic might have been made up on the spot, that whatever group they polled, 70% of people that said they were born again Christians said they believe there's more than one way to God. Jesus isn't the only way. So that tells me, if you really believe that, if that's even a reasonable statistic, then you believe that that Jesus lied when he said he is the only way to God. He is the way, the truth, the life, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but by him. Then he lied. There's no two ways about this. But the thing is, we're seeing people say this and say this in every part of culture. And you look at it and you go, but those two things can't possibly mix together. So how do you hold those two things in your brain? I don't get it. And, and that's what happens when we start to starve spiritually. We get deceived by a lot of stuff. Okay, so uh, let, me, let me just go on. Of course, I really should have an extra eight minutes because of the problem we had at the beginning. So. Uh, let me just read you a couple more verses here. John six sixty three. Jesus said this, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. The words, the truths that I have been speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit and life. It feeds us spirit. It's not just a book. It's not Moby Dick. Okay, great. You read Moby Dick from beginning to end. Proud of you. 
that's not what the Bible is. The Bible is food. It is, the scripture is food for our spirit man. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, he's, he's praying this to the Father, sanctify them, purify them, purify them, consecrate them, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth, through the truth. Your word is truth. So the, so the word is what makes us distinct. It's what separates the body of Christ, the believer, from everybody else. It separates. We are different. We think differently. We, we, and you should never be ashamed of that. We speak differently. We believe differently. We see life differently because the words of God are changing who we are on the inside. We'll look at a couple more. Okay. Um, this is Psalm 119. And actually, I just encourage you, the verse I have up there says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Okay, so pure means godly. It means separated to the Lord. By keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to your precepts. So when we think about growing up in the Lord, we, we think about, okay, I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. I don't want to get caught up in things that are not pleasing to God. How do I do that? By, I, I like the way it's, I like it the way it's written in this particular translation in the Amplified. Keeping watch on himself according to the word. That means when I'm in the word, I am open to correction of what I'm believing, what I'm thinking, actions I'm about to take. I'm open to correction. That's, that's the idea of maturing in the Lord. We don't just say, my way is the right way and I love God. We actually make Jesus our Lord. And so we're open to him changing us. We are, we are looking to, and, and again, not as a work, not as something to try and impress God, but I want to be more like you. I want to be changed, to be more like you. That's, that's uh, the desire of my heart is to be more like you. And so as I go to the word, I expect it to rise up and confront me sometimes and say, you need to handle this differently. You need to treat this person differently. You need to repent of, of that over here. You need to add this into our life. This whole idea of being in the word on a daily basis, people say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's just legalism. That's just works. No, it's not. Grace is is totally in favor of disciplines in our lives. It's opposed to works, doing things to try and impress God or earn something from God. It's not opposed to you having a regular time in the Bible, being a part of a church, having a regular prayer time, you know, whatever, all those things that are part of the Christian life. You do those, yeah, those are disciplines in my life. There are days when I don't feel like it and I do it anyway. Because it's life, it's health, it's peace, it's strength. It's, it's all of those things. It's pleasing to God. Okay, so, so when we build these things into our lives, we're building them in as ways of fellowshipping with God and growing in the Lord. We'll probably stop right here. I have a lot more, but we'll probably just stop right here. I woke up with this, these verses going around on the inside of me today, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Again, I hope all of you just can quote this in your sleep. But um, it says, Blessed is the man 
who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, you know, counsel, we think of that as advice. We think of that we go to somebody to get better ideas because we're stuck, right? I mean, isn't that why you would go to a counselor? I've got the situation going on in my life. It's ongoing. I don't know how to, I, I need your wisdom. I need things that you know that I don't know, right? You hope that's why people go to a counselor. I need the things that you know that I don't know. And then I need to take those and apply them to my life. Walk in them. Change what you're going to tell me, right? That's what counseling is about. And so this is saying that the person is blessed who chooses not to walk in the counsel of people who are not walking with God. We do not adopt. And, and in this culture, this is just a terrible thing. You know, you're making a judgment. Yeah, darn right I am. Not about the person, but about the ideas that, that people are walking in. Yeah, I reject those ideas. They don't line up with the word of God. I'm not taking them into my life. Not doing it. I, have, I don't apologize at all. I love the person that's saying them. I am not taking those ideas. I'm not going to feed on those ideas. I'm not going to go to 50 movies that contain those ideas. I'm not going to spend my time reading magazines and watching stuff on TV that promotes ungodly stuff. I'm not going to feed on that stuff. And that's what's saying. This person is blessed. You want to be blessed? does not walk. This is a choice in the counsel of the ungodly. Or stand in the path of sinners, just stand there and let things go on around you. Or sit in the seat of the scornful. This word scornful these days, this is about mocking. It's about making fun of uh, godly things. It's about making fun of, of God, of believers, of the word, of all that stuff. Man, our, we're, our society is riddled with it right now. But instead, okay, the positive side, his delight means his joy, his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law, his word, this person meditates day and night. He revolves the word in his mind over and over, chews it up, thinks on the scripture, thinks on the nature of God, thinks on the ways of God, and on purpose keeps those things revolving in his mind. That's what meditates means. His law, he meditates day and night. He shall be, this is a great promise, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I've told you many times that really the picture there in the Hebrew is of uh, on on purpose irrigation streams. So the, the idea is the Lord is just going to water you and water you and water you and water you as you spend time in his word. He shall be like a tree planted by these streams of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's this is so basic. This is just so basic if we look at it. Okay, I want to know you, Lord. I want to be more like you. I want to fulfill your purpose for, for me in my life. I want to minister to other people. I want to carry the Holy Spirit. I want to have your wisdom working for my own life, for my family, for my kids, for my community. I want to bring that wisdom. How do I do it? Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly meditate the word, you'll be watered, you'll be strengthened, you'll be fed. I love that his leaf won't wither. You know, that leaf is part of the system God gave for feeding the tree. 
And when it gets dry, even the last couple summers, didn't see it quite so much this summer, but we watched some of our trees just, uh, you know, the leaves just dried up way early, not from cold, just from dry. And, and this says his leaf won't wither. He'll have this green flourishing aspect to his life and there'll be this continual feeding and watering. All it is, I mean, the whole council there spend time in God's word. And again, not just reading it as a, you know, little obligation, but feeding, feeding. And for that, you're going to have to make time. If you don't make time, your life will steal it from you. The world will steal it from you. People will steal it from you. And I know, I'm talking, I don't have kids at home. I get it. I know, you do. Figure it out because I've known people all my life that had kids at home and still had that time with the word. And they brought their kids up in that. You know, they brought their kids up in that. So I know different stages of life, it's harder. Different stages of life, it's easier. You might need to, heaven forbid, get up a little bit earlier in the morning. Can't do that because I go to bed at two in the morning. Well, you might have to go to bed a little earlier. You know, make whatever adjustments you have to make. I just am saying all this to say, I don't want us ever to be those statistics as a people, not if we're going to fulfill what we feel like God's given us to do and to be in this community. We can't go there. You know, that's, and I know that's not who you want to be. You wouldn't be, you'd be somewhere else this morning if that weren't true. So, all right, let's stand up and pray. Y'all okay? Yep. Yep. Not yelling at anybody. I'm trying to figure this out too. I mean, the personal part's one thing. The societal part and what we provide as a church is a whole other thing. And, uh, so pray about that with me. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for all that you've, all that you've given, all that you've done for us. And Father, I, I just thank you for the word of God that you have given to us. I thank you for the person of Jesus Christ and the living word and the, the, both the, the logos, the overview that you bring and the rhema, what you speak to our hearts. God, we Father, we do love your word. And Lord, if at any time, Father, where we drift, we start to grow cold in that, Holy Spirit, we're asking, just come and prompt us and, and help us with anybody in this room or anybody watching out there that needs to be strengthened again in that place of feeding on the Lord. Father, I'm just asking that you bring that about in their life. You're so faithful. You're so good to prompt us. But Lord, we, we want the nourishment, the nutrition, the strength, the life, the wisdom that comes from your word. And we thank you for it, Father. And I just pray right now together, Lord, over all the churches in this community, over the believers that are sitting out of church in this community, Lord, over all of that, Father, I just pray that we would see a wave moving through the body of Christ where we once again get connected with your word and your spirit in a vital, vital way so we can impact this world in the way that we should. And I thank you for it this morning, Father. I just pray as these people go out, Lord, every one of us carry your presence into this community, reveal your heart to this community, bring the life to our individual places and stations in this community. Thank you for great opportunities this week to do just that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Listen, if you need personal prayer, 
uh, after church, we would love to pray for you up here. So come on up afterwards. We'd love to pray for you. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we can help you make that commitment and that decision. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we can pray over you and help you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need healing for your body. If you need whatever, come up and receive some prayer. Okay, let's say it on the count of three and we'll be dismissed. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Go out there and be the church. Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.